welcome. This is a message from Victory Church. We trust you'll be inspired and encouraged by today's message. Now, you will not get into trouble for answering this question, okay? And nobody's going to think anything less of you. But let's be honest right now, a moment between you and God. Who watched the royal wedding on Friday night? Come on. Some of you are lying. You know where liars go, don't you? Just because you didn't put your hand up, God knows you were watching. I watched the royal wedding. have to admit I enjoyed it. Wanted to see what she was wearing and how they did and, and what they did. And you can't watch something like that with... Well, I can't watch something like that without thinking, can you imagine? Now, Tony mentioned in the introduction that we dated for eight years before we got married. And apparently, Wills and Kate dated for eight years before they got married. Can you imagine being the Middleton family and your daughter comes home seven years ago and says, I want to bring my new beau and his family over for dinner? I mean, can you imagine? It's like, the queen's coming to my house. (laughs) And I'm just, do you think like that or is it just me? I think, imagine the, I'll be like, what am I going to cook? Hang on a second, I don't cook. Okay, what can I order in? (laughs) You know, I don't know, that's how I think. Imagine being the Middleton family and have to host royalty. I mean, what do you do? So I'm sure that Mrs. Middleton did what I did over the weekend. She went on the website, Google in fact, and downloaded some royal etiquette. It's like, I mean, the royals are coming, so what do you do? I mean, do you bow or do you not bow when Charles and Camilla are there or if grandma comes, the queen? I mean, what do you do? So apparently, this is what you do. Because Buckingham Palace has made it quite clear that it's a question of personal choice whether you choose to make the traditional bow or curtsy upon being presented to a member of the royal family. Foreign nationals are not expected to bow or curtsy. And, just in case you're wondering, the bow is from the neck and the curtsy is a short bob. All right? If the Queen offers to shake hands, you should reciprocate with a gentle handshake. For Prince William and Catherine, a bow or curtsy is a safe default position. Now, maybe you find yourself in conversation with the Queen. It's kind of like, what are we going to talk about? Mrs. Middleton's in the luck. It's the Queen. What am I going to say? Nice cucumber sandwiches? You know, how are the corgis? I don't know. <laughs> if you find yourself in conversation with the Queen, it's customary to address her as Your Majesty and subsequently as Ma'am. Traditionally, it was not done to ask the Queen direct questions, though such anodyne restrictions on conversation have now been relaxed. Lucky for the Middletons. Um, other members of the royal family who bear the style of his or her royal highness should first be addressed as your royal highness and subsequently as sir or ma'am. But don't let these forms of address get in the way of natural and spontaneous conversation. (laughs) All right? And then, of course, the most important question. The Queen, Prince Charles and Camilla, the future king, Prince William are coming to dinner, I mean, what? What do you wear? 
there is always explicitly detailed, no, these are always explicitly detailed on invitations to royal occasions. And the royal wedding is no exception, specifying dress uniform, morning coat, or lounge suit. I mean, like, we've all got them in the cupboard. All right. Women should wear formal dresses or suits and avoid halter necks, spaghetti straps, and mini skirts. Hats are not compulsory, but many women will choose to wear them. The idea is to look smart and elegant and not show-stoppingly flamboyant. There you go. That's what Mrs. Middleton would have done when she realised that the Queen and Prince William were coming to her house for dinner. Now, I don't know about you, I've never had the luxury or the privilege of hosting the royal family. And actually, I think I'm kind of glad. But every week, every day, I am presented with the opportunity and the privilege of hosting God's royal family. And I think actually there is some etiquette, there is some things that you and I can do to be able to do that. I think it is a privilege. Whereas I might have got my knickers in a knot, can I say that? If it was the royal family, I think, you know what? How much more God's family, who we have an opportunity daily to be able to host and be hospitable to. So this morning, because especially in light of you heard Tony say last Sunday, 110 first-time visitors in our Sunday morning service alone. We have the opportunity to show hospitality to one another. And what I would like to spend some time doing this morning is just talk about the art of hospitality. See, according to the dictionary, hospitality simply means showing kindness to guests or strangers. And that's what we as believers are called to do. In uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 13, it says, share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. And now I know because some of you might be sitting there, but in Romans chapter 12 and in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it talks about the gift of hospitality. There is a gift of hospitality. We've all seen it at work. I can cook dinner, but some people just can cook dinner. You know, some people just, there's that gift that they do, it just comes naturally. If I have to cook dinner, I have the recipe, I have it all folded. In fact, we do a barbecue, so Tony cooks, and I put the ice cream in the cones, all right? That's, but, so some people just have that natural ability. But just because I'm not supposedly gifted in hospitality, it is still my responsibility, it is still your responsibility to be hospitable. Remember, hospi- hospitality is showing kindness to guests and strangers. So I want to look at a story this morning from the Old Testament and uh, just talk about what we can learn from this one man's act of hospitality. What you need to know in this story is that back in the day, because we're going to look at Abraham. Now, back in the day of Abraham, your hospitality equaled your reputation. See, today, our reputation is built up on things like possibly our wealth, maybe our sporting prowess. Uh, maybe it's um, just our position in life, our position in work. We have all sorts of ways that our reputation is equal to. But in Abraham's day, how hospitable, so how well you treated strangers, how kind you were, equaled your reputation. If you were good and hospitable, you had a great reputation and obviously vice versa. And I think that the question then has to be asked, you know what, it kind of stands to reason why sometimes the church's reputation isn't that good. 
Because our hospitality to those who come into the door isn't that good. Are we always showing kindness? Are we always being nice to guests and strangers? Are we judgmental? Are we non-welcoming? Are we so in tune with what we do and how we are and set in my ways that I'm not showing kindness? I don't go out of my way to extend friendship to people I don't know, whatever it may be. I think that we have to sit this morning and look and go, actually, how hospitable am I? A new person comes in the door. They don't look like me. They not have the same interests as me. I know that there's a natural tendency that we have and we'll be drawn and we'll find people that we relate to, but that should never stop us being hospitable to those who come in the door. So we're going to look at Abraham's life and hopefully we're going to make some adjustments this morning and be, have a reputation like Abraham did. So if you've got your Bibles with you this morning, we're going to turn to Genesis chapter 18. I'm going to read from verses 1 to 7. If you don't have your Bible, it will come up on the screen. All righty, Genesis 18, verse 1. It says, God appeared to Abraham at the Oaks of Mamre while he was sitting at the entrance of his tent. It was the hottest part of the day. He looked up and saw three men standing. He ran from his tent to greet them and bowed before them. He said, Master, if it please you, stop for a while with your servant." I'll get some water so you can wash your feet. Rest under this tree. I'll get some food to refresh you on your way since your travels have brought you across my path. They said, certainly, go ahead. Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah. He said, hurry, get three cups of the best flour, knead it and make bread. Then Abraham ran to the cattle pen and picked out a nice plump calf and gave it to the servant who lost no time getting it ready. Then he got curds and milk, brought them with the calf that had been roasted, set the meal before the men and stood there under the tree while they ate. So what can we learn about the art of hospitality? Hospitality is an attitude before it's an action. It's an attitude before it's what you do. It's what you are before what you do. In verse 2 there, it says, Abraham ran from his tent to greet, and he bowed before them. It says Abraham ran. You've got to remember, we read it earlier, it's the hottest part of the day. He's living in the desert, okay? It's the hottest part of the day. He's 90. He's 90. And it says he ran and he bowed. And it goes on to say, because of Abraham's attitude, the men stayed. Because when you remember the setup of that story, the men are walking through. They've given every indication that we are walking through this place to where we're going. But because of Abraham's hospitality, him showing kindness to strangers, they stayed. I wonder if the writer of that had written, Abraham sort of sauntered over, said, Oi, what are you doing, lads? Where are you going? Okay. I wouldn't go there. Can you, you see what I mean? Our attitude, the way we approach things, is, has the effect of embracing people, welcoming people, bringing them in, inspiring people, or we can repel them. Yeah. And every week, people come into the church doors, every meeting, your connect group, when you go to the shopping center, wherever you are, you have opportunity to show hospitality to people. What you do either brings people in or repels them. So you can, it doesn't cost you anything to be gracious and smile to the girl behind the checkout or the um, person with you paying the petrol. Every one of us have opportunities all the time to interact. We can be running like Abraham to opportunities just to be friendly, 
just to say, hey, nice to meet you, just to show friend. And let's face it, in today's society where hospitality is generally pretty poor and we're always very keen and first and open to, to whinge about it and say, oh, that bad service, it's not really going to take too much for us to be a standout in hospitality. For us to show and be different, people go, I love what Georgie said. The fact that, wow, they liked me for who I was. They didn't want anything from me. It was great. All right, so we opportunity. It's an attitude before it's an action. Enthusiasm makes people stop. His enthusiasm for these guests made them stop and share a meal with him rather than continue on their journey. And the question we have to ask ourselves this morning, is my attitude towards strangers or guests, does it repel them or does it draw them in? You've all seen it. You've been to the shops. You've seen service. I was standing in KFC not so long ago and I don't want to bag them, but the one at Golden Grove generally has poor service. I never, here's a tip for you, I never leave that shop until I have checked my order because I've been caught out. I've gotten home and half of it's missing. So I understand that service is not great. But I was standing in line and there was like one little girl on there and it, was, it was, must have been a long weekend. It was packed. Now this woman, I think, obviously had experienced one of those experiences that I've had in the past. She'd probably got home, found her order, wasn't as it was. I heard her come in the door. I didn't even have to turn around. But I heard her come in the door. She walked to the counter. She ran like Abraham, but in a negative sense. She hurled her bag of food onto the counter. Now, secretly, I may have been going, gee, I'd love the guts to do that. (laughs) But we're talking about hospitality and we're talking about showing kindness. Now, I understand it's frustrating. I get it. It's like, honey, I understand that. But you know what? That was so non-hospitable. Here's this poor little girl behind the counter. She didn't know what to do. She's got people serving. Everybody's watching. It was kind of like, if I just ignore her, will she go away? The longer she got ignored, the nastier she got. I know what, I've worked in retail. Let me tell you, I've done it right and I've done it wrong. I've done it so that I've been on the other end when a lady has come in like that may not be my fault, but I've had to be the placator. I've had to show her hospitality. I've had to show her kindness, whether she deserved it or not. It's not about when people come through the doors, whether they deserve it. None of us deserved it. It was a free grace of God that just said, you know what, I'm going to do this for you. None of us deserve it. So who are we to sit there and go, well, I don't deserve, I don't know. You're a bit smelly or you're a bit this and you think this and you don't like that. It's not about deserve. It's about I'm a hands and face and feet of Jesus and that's what he would do. So like I said, this isn't a bag because I've done it right and I've done it wrong. I've been the one that's been able to placate and people have said, I'm so thank you. You know, People have come back to me and said, I'm really sorry. I remember when I worked in the dental uh, industry and a great customer had been a customer for years. And one day she came in and she just let me have it. I was just like, and so placate. the next day she came back, she goes, oh, look, Kath, I just want to stay right from the start. I don't know what happened last week. I must have had my period. I was like, okay, <laughs> cool. <laughs> Bit too much information, but... <laughs> But you know what I mean? And I've done it wrong too, where I've been the, um, I've been the one that hasn't given good service. Recently, we got um, new heating installed in our house. When the first guy who came to do the quote, do the quote, the quote, he came in and he said to me, I had only one house plan left. And I said, oh, it's my last one. He said, I'll get you more, 
Um, there were three things he said he would do and the time limit, and he did it all. Can I tell you, I didn't even bother getting another quote. This guy, he said to me, I'll give you this, I'll do that, I'll do this. He could have been 2,000 bucks dearer than, I don't know. But the thing what sold me was he was was hospitable. I've had other people give me quotes. I feel like going, dude, do you want the job or not? Like, I am the customer here. I'm like, am I bothering you? I'm so sorry. Like, oh, really? You know? So we're talking about hospitality being an attitude before it's an action. The second thing we learn from Abraham is hospitality is not about you. Verse 4 says, Abraham says, I'll get some water so you can, uh, can wash your feet. Verse 5, rest under this tree. I'll get some food to refresh you on your way since your travels have brought you across my path. Abraham didn't have an agenda. He didn't know who these guys were. It wasn't like, ooh, I know who they are. So actually, if I stop them, get them in, be kind, be nice to them, I could get something out of them. The hospitality was something that Abraham was. And that's where we need to be and realize it's not about you. Can I say right from the start, hospitality is going to cost you. It'll cost you your time. It'll cost you financially. It may cost you some pride. It'll cost you. But let's be like Abraham. It's not about you. It's about those who are coming in the door. It's part of my responsibility as a daughter of the king to show them who Jesus is, to show him what he's like. Because out there, if they're not getting it, it's, again, it makes it easy. It really is so simple for the church to get this. It's kind of like running a 100-meter race against a four-year-old. It's like I'm a shoe-in to win. Because they're not going to, well, maybe I'm not, actually. <laughs> maybe the four-year-old will beat me. But you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's not really that hard out there. And yet this is what we've got to understand. It's not about you. He didn't ask for anything. In fact, he invited work into his home. He said, I'll get the water. I'll get the food. I'll provide for you. When we do things, we do things here, and I think Tony was mentioning it up the front, that are just of no benefit to you and I. Now it rained this morning and I don't know about you but hopefully somebody met you in the car park with an umbrella so you didn't get wet. But for those of us who call Victory home, we would, and I'm going out on a limb here but I I believe in you, we would get out of the car whether there was nobody in the car park with an umbrella because we've understood after all that Jesus did for me, what's a little bit of rain? So my hair goes curly, what's it matter? We have, yeah, we put straighteners in the bathroom for you. But it's not about you, you see. It's about the guests out there. So those umbrellas are about the guests. For those of us who call Victory Home, sometimes we have to park out in the boom docks, which means we may get mud on our shoes. But you know what? It's not about us. I'm prepared to have mud on my shoes if it means that the guest can have the best park so they don't have mud on their shoes. Because here's the thing. I have grace for that. I understand You know what, if you came in and you had a fight with your husband or wife or kids in the car or your friend and you walked past me and you were a bit snappy to me, I've got grace for that because I'll go, you know what, that's not normal. But the guests won't because they don't know you. There's things that happen here that aren't about you. They're about the guests. And you know what, if you leave it to me or to the leaders, we're going to get pretty tired. And that's why there are rosters. That's why there's opportunities because, again, it's not about me. I don't need to have somebody meet me in the car park with an umbrella, but our guests do. I don't need um, kids' uh, crèche. We've got a hosted nursing mums room out there. I don't have a child within that age bracket. 
personally, I don't need it. But our guests do. If we make it all about me, well, I don't need it, so why should I bother getting involved, put my hand up or volunteering? It's not about you. Abraham says, it's not about you. It's like, you know what? I've just got an opportunity right now as these strangers walk past me to make an impact in their life. And every Sunday and every day when you're out in your workplace and out in the school or out in the shopping center, wherever you find yourself, you have the opportunity not to make it about you, but to make it about others. That's what hospitality does. The third key about hospitality is it's everybody's responsibility. Verse 6, Abraham turned into, oh sorry, I can't read in this light. Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah. He said, hurry, get three cups of the best flour, knead it and make bread. Verse 7, then Abraham ran to the cattle, cattle pen and picked out a nice plump calf and gave it to the servant who he lost no time in getting it ready. Abraham's invitation meant work for everyone. Making our guests feel welcome is not just the responsibility of the invitee. I have a four-year-old daughter who has a social calendar bigger than mine. (laughs) Always wanting people over, going to people's places. So last weekend, can I have Shay over? Sure. Come and play. Bailey comes to me, half past 12, lunchtime. Can Shay and I have some lunch? Mummy says, knock yourself out. She's your friend. You do it. (laughs) It's ridiculous, right? So why is it the same here in church? Someone brings a friend in, is it just their responsibility to make sure that they're loved for, cared for, welcome, introduced, met people? No, it's all of our responsibility. It's like, you know what? I've got friends. I want to bring friends in this place and know that they're going to be looked after and cared for. I'm not asking you to spend mega bucks. I might be saying, do you want to say hello? It's a real, Jesus did this on the cross, but we can't even go, hi. That's bad. It's everybody's responsibility. And... It's not just for the girls. That's why I use Abraham. I know we have a mentality here, not here, in the world. It's called the women wear white mentality. You know the joke, don't you? Why do all women get married in white? Because it's the colour of all the household appliances. Now it's stainless steel. Well, the brides are wearing silver because it's the colour of all household appliances. So no, it doesn't wash. We're not leaving it to the women we don't leave it to the old. Oh, you know, it's got to give them a job, something to do. It's all of our responsibility. All of our responsibility. I can, any one of us can make someone who walks through that door feel welcome. Any one of us can show kindness. Any one of us can say hello. Any one of us can be generous and shout them a tea or coffee. Any one of us can bring, whoa, here's a novel idea. Invite them back to your house for lunch after church. <gasps> but I don't know them. Great. Good, even more so, you don't know them. What a great opportunity to get to know them. It's everybody's responsibility. It's not just the invitee. 1 Corinthians 3 verse 6 says, this is Paul speaking, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God made it grow. You know, when you see people responding to Jesus, it's not just one thing. It's not just one person. It's the work of of a team together. Paul planted this, uh, yeah, Paul's saying he planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God made it grow. We've got to look at this in, in terms of our hospitality, being gracious to our guests and showing kindness. It's a team effort. It's all of us getting involved. 
not like it's not my job, I'm not doing that. Do you know how many times I say to my kids, if they're getting to the point where they're not enjoying doing their part of the responsibility in chores, I say, I don't give you pocket money to do chores. I say, because I don't get paid to do chores. It's part of being, we're part of the family, aren't we? So I say, so if you want to start pulling that one on me, then wash your own clothes. Which that doesn't go down too well because Mitchie really wouldn't care if he ra- <laughs> looked. <laughs> so, okay, we'll make your own food. Drive yourself. No, don't drive yourself to school. <laughs> Walk to school. You know what I'm saying? It's everybody's responsibility. We've all got to take part. And then finally, the fourth thing in talking about the art of hospitality, it's about bringing your best. Verse 6 and 7 again, it says, Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah. He said, hurry, get three cups of our best flour. Knead it and make bread. Then Abraham ran to the cattle pen and picked out a nice plump calf and gave it to the servant. Notice he said the best flour, a nice plump calf. It's not just any old leftovers. Any old leftovers is that I can't be bothered attitude. Again, hospitality is about bringing the best you have. It's not about comparing to them and like, well, they can do the plump calf. All I've got is Vegemite sandwiches. It's the best that you have. I've been, we, had a, we did an experiment as a team. We wanted to go to a five-star experience. Go out for dinner at a five-star restaurant because that's kind of what you want people to feel. I want people to feel a five-star experience. Can I tell you, I was sadly disappointed. Now, it could have just been the one five-star experience that I've had, and maybe I should, here's a clue for him, maybe we should do another one. <laughs> but you know what? I've had better meals at lower-star establishments all because of they bought their best. There is a restaurant not far from us, which we love as a family. And people, when people say, we take our friends there and we go there, and people say, well, what do you go there for? Because it's one of those... Chaney restaurants, okay? It's not like an individual. It's a Chaney restaurant. People go, oh, you can get better food. You know why we go there? There was a girl there who, I don't know what they call, maybe the maitre d' or whatever. She, you know, she opens the door. She knew us by name. She knew things about us. She would sit and chat to us. She, would, she worked hard, but she was in, we went there because she brought her best. It wasn't overly all the best food. Well, there's always a nice dish that we liked, but it was about her. It's about bringing your best. It's not about, well, I don't have much. It's like, well, do you have a roof over your house? Over your house. A roof over your head? Do you have bread in the cupboard? Do you have something? Have you got a smile on your face? It's about bringing your best. Abraham said the best flower. It's not about them. I can't be bothered. Eh, Come on in. People who are doing the seats, you know. I'm looking for a seat of five. I've come a little bit late this morning, and there's only three and two. It's like, oh, well, you know, just... Split up or do whatever. No, the hosts go, actually, let's see if we can move some. Let's put some more out. It's about bringing your best. Not just, ah, whatever, you know, fend, see if you can ask the old biddy next to you to shove along or whatever. (laughs) It's about bringing your best. Again, it's a picture of what God is like. He sent his son, heaven's best. He didn't send an angel. He didn't send someone in his place. Any volunteers? Anyone want to take, you know, I've got a shift I want to swap. Jesus going, I've got a shift I want to swap. Anyone want to take it? You work here, I'll do that, something else for you. No, heaven sent their best. It's your best. Hospitality is just, 
a way of which we can make an amazing impression on those 110 plus people who are coming through our doors. They said 110 Sunday morning, they were 50 Friday night, they'll be here, some here this morning. And it's our responsibility to be the face and hands and feet of Jesus. Smile, love them, welcome them. It's not about trying to convince them. It's just let them see you're genuine. Let them see you really, I love the fact you're here. When we say we love having new people here, we would love to see you in, your, in the welcome lounge. It's not rhetoric. It's not, well, that's what we have to say. It, it, it's genuine. We would love to meet you in the welcome lounge afterwards. And those who are on, who've put their hand up and said that they want to be on the roster and involved in there, they would love to. But what about those who have just been here a little bit? In the coffee line. Don't make it about you, but meet someone, chat to someone, get to know someone. And again, shock of all shocks, maybe find somebody and go out. If you're not trusting them, you're not sure about them, you don't want to bring them into your house, go out somewhere, shout them to go out for lunch or something. Hear me? It's about bringing your best. We have some amazing momentum here. The strangers and the guests are coming. And I hate even saying strangers and guests because that's what they start as. My prayer is they don't finish there. That they, we start as a stranger. There are people in my world who six months ago, three months ago, two months ago, 12 months ago were strangers and guests. But they're not strangers and guests to me anymore. They're friends. They're part of the family here. And that's what our heart is. When you're busy getting on with your life, what kind of welcome do the strangers and guests receive from you? And again, in a world where it's pretty shocking service-wise out there, it's just set up for us. It really is. Can I be, can I be so, it's like, it ain't that hard, seriously. Small baby steps, it ain't that hard. We really, you don't have to do much. I don't want to set the bar too low, but you know what? You don't have to do much to show kindness to guests and hospitality in comparison to what's happening out there. In closing, let me just share with you. Here's a few of some of God's thoughts on hospitality. Romans 12, 13 says, practice hospitality. 1 Peter 4, 9 says, offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Hebrews 13, 2 says, Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers, for by so doing, some people have shown hospitality to angels without even knowing it. And 3 John 1, 8 says, We ought therefore to show hospitality to such people so that we may work together for the truth. Can I suggest this morning, when we leave this place, that we go and into the cafe and be doers of the word. But don't stop out there. Take it out there. My opening scripture, Romans 12, 13, and the message says, uh, in the NIV, it says, practice hospitality. The message says, be inventive in hospitality. And I'm going to hand back to Tony, but I want to read you my reading for tomorrow. I've read it in advance. I'd already prepared this, and this was my reading for tomorrow, and it's about practicing hospitality. Here's a scary thought. It says, a man conducting a church survey wrote to a nationally syndicated advice columnist. Of almost 200 churches I visited, I was spoken to in only one by someone other than an official greeter. And that was to tell me I was sitting in their seat. It's easy to extend hospitality to people you know. But Jesus said, 
Why should God reward you if you love only the people who love you? Matthew 5, 46. So how about those you don't know? Those who don't fit into your social circle. Yes, you can find excuses. You're too busy. You don't want to get involved. You're uncomfortable around strangers. But God says you represent him and that means sacrificing your personal agenda, giving of your time and money, going out on a limb for people you don't know or even like and seeing others through God's eyes. That's practicing hospitality. Amen. This is the end of the message. Thank you for taking the time to listen. God bless.